like sleeping in boxes anymore. I don't know why. Yeah. Ubram Concordia. Do we know it's a bad place to go? Uh, you guys know that, uh, yeah, it's uh, that's where the uh, barons meet, and so it's, it is considered death to go there. He was having too much fun being an idiot. All right. Well, I'll get under two if there's... I'm not going to yeah. sit there and get my eyes sanded out. Well, if it's like super late, I'll go and take a cat nap as it were. Let's do it. Chapter 126, Back to the Mare, again. Okay. So we are back with the tabaxi again. Um, It's been a little while since we've had to check in with our favorite cats. And uh, here we are again. So why don't we go around the table, uh, since we're switching characters, and tell everybody who we are and what we are. So Drew, why don't you start us off? Um, I'm playing Black Crispin. He is an older tabaxi, uh, completely black in fur, except for uh, for his advanced stage showing through. He now has uh, slivers of silver hair sparkled through his fur, kind of gives him a night, uh, starry night look at times. He is uh, quite a bit older than the other tabaxis he travels with, and as such, he doesn't isn't as full of energy as some of them are. His most defining features is that he has two torn ears. Um, the left one is torn kind of in a V pattern from tip to about mid-ear, and the right one is torn with a slight L shape into it, so part of his ear actually flaps forward. His armor is uh, not shiny. <laughs> it's very tarnished looking, like he almost doesn't care about it. He tends to carry a glaive and spends a lot of his time napping, if at all possible. Very good. And Bryce, tell us who you're running. So I'm running Gray Fog, who's a tabaxi rogue. The first adventure we had with the tabaxi was very useful in his roguish skills, but in the last one, not quite so much in the middle of the jungle. Hopes to He, he was kind of a cat out of water there, yeah. yeah. Hopes to maybe do some more sneaking to find books soon. And Matt? I am Moon Under Mountain, formerly Moon Over Mountain, uh... Uh, as a tabaxi, I was slain and then uh, reincarnated as a dwarf. So I am a, a cleric of Sylvanus, and I am a gray-bearded with a, a streak of white, and I have a chipped tooth remnant, remnant of uh, when I was a cat, and I've retained my yellow eyes. And I am currently trying to figure out what to do with this trident of fish command that I seem to have uh, procured. You gotta admit, for a tabaxi, it's promising, is it not? Dinner anytime you want. And Melanie, go ahead with yours. I am playing Jade Claw, a tabaxi ranger. Um, she is all black with bright green eyes. Yeah, and the uh, deadly deadliest bow ranger we have, isn't she? 
So yeah, good to have you back at the table again. It's been a while. And then Owen, why don't you tell us who you're running? I'm playing Red Sunrise. Uh, it's, uh, I'm a sort of tabby red tabaxi. Uh, I'm a mystic and the librarian for the tabaxi in our treehouse. Uh, I never wear any footwear, and I always talk to my imaginary friend. Yes, how is Mr. Snuffleupagus today? He's a bit tired. Okay, good. Okay, so who remembers where we were with the tabaxi last? Just out of the faith. Yeah. Yeah. We we were, uh, we had borrowed, quote unquote, some books, and we were working on establishing a one of the library boxes in our treehouse that connects to the Feywild so that we can connect to their book network. Yeah, and you haven't quite worked that details out there, but uh, you have high hopes. But yes, you had just returned from visiting the Feywild, one of the few people to do that, to actually go to Ferry. And while there, you did extensive research to try to figure out where the spellbook of a Lowall might possibly be. And you came up with Ubrium Concordia was the last place that anyone had seen him, at least in the works that you had seen. So you are back in the Tabaxi Treehouse. And you are um, ready to go to your next thing. So what will be your next move? Are you headed off to Ubrium Concordia? That sounds I think reasonable so. to me. Do we know of a way to arrange a ride? Um, well, that's a very good question. Um, obviously, the um, last time, you know, or the last two times you had to go somewhere, uh, the first one you were able to use a sand ship. Uh, there was a, uh, a uh, dwarf uh, sand ship operator that uh, you knew. And then uh, the time after that, uh, Galchabar apparently had contacted a dragon. And had taken you a dragon back all the way to uh, go dig up stuff in the uh, in the desert. Uh, but right now, obviously, you're bereft of either of those, or at least you haven't explored either of those opportunities. So it's up to you to figure out what you want to do. So how far do we need to travel? Well, you need to go out into the middle of the Mare, to uh, Ubrum Concordia. Didn't we, weren't we out there before? Uh, yeah, we went to Exodus. Yeah, you went to Exodus, mm. um, which is a little south and a little west of it. So should we try to contact the dwarf with the balloon boat? Jeez. Balloon boat? Uh, sand ship. Oh, was it a sand ship? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you remember, he ran you up the, uh, up the uh, coast there, if you will, of the Mare, and you guys had to do a... a a duck and, t- and a tumble out of the back of the uh, sand ship as you're going by um, the okay, uh, Saramans there. Shall we try to contact him and have us meet us at the edge of the Amari again? I'm assuming we can walk to the Amari from where we're at, or do we need to get a ride to there too? Uh, you can definitely walk to the Amari. However, he, um, you ran into him in Kalesque, so that would probably be the most likely place for you to run into him again or to... Uh, if if not that to go and charter a uh, another sand ship. Let's do it. Hmm? Yeah. Let's walk. Okay. Um, 
pack our stuff up, get our supplies, a little more than usual since we're walking a good ways. Do we have sand shoes available? You can definitely uh, make them. Uh, yeah, we should probably get those before we go. Okay. And we had a cart last time, so we can bring a cart and haul some stuff. Well, in this case, um, all you're hoping to do is find a spell book, so you probably won't need a cart. Uh, you can well, go on foot. And actually, I forgot, the uh, dragon was when you went down and took on the uh, Mad Mage mm-hmm. in the Mare. And then when you actually went out to Exhibus, that's when you actually took Donia's ship out. That's, that's who I was talking about. Can we contact Donya again? Okay. Well, you could uh, go to Kaleskwe and see if she's there. Or you could, I don't know. How far is Kaleskwe from us? It's a it's a two-day walk from there. So Let's do it. All right. So let's do that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and as always, you guys uh, can stop in Valais Calliae. And they will have uh, cardboard boxes in front of uh, nice warm fires for you to sleep in. Like all cats like to. And uh, so I'm assuming you'll you'll do that one. Sure beats sleeping out in the wild. I don't really like sleeping in boxes anymore. I don't know why. Yeah, they could probably get you a bed. Yeah, I'd rather be up in a tree. You're more of a tree cat than a bush cat. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. So obviously, um, you guys barely take out of. Uh, the uh, tabaxi treehouse when you're actually in the uh, realm of the elves and and uh, everybody roll for me nature well that went well Ooh. three two eighteen four uh five okay and not surprisingly the the nature priest um, is uh, the first to notice it. But yeah, you guys, you can see a delineation where you go from a uh, part of the forest that is affected by blight and fungus, and all of a sudden it's just pristine. And you guys realize that you're now in Valleus Calliae and under the influence of the elves. And uh, you, uh, not too uh, far along, you actually run into a patrol who you know saw you coming, and uh, they take you back to... Uh, to town and you're given rooms for the night and you're able to take off uh the next morning and uh you guys uh towards the end of the uh afternoon on towards evening approach Kalesque. Um now i do need everybody to give me a uh, stealth roll for how well you can sneak between valleys calliae Thirty-one. Six. Eighteen. I have disadvantage 15. with my armor. Right? Me too. And what was that again, uh, Red? Fifteen. Fifteen. Okay, so um, you guys are able to uh, move along there, and unfortunately, um, Moon uh, tracks attention as he goes across the, the uh, high road there. But since he's a dwarf, the uh, people that actually see you are nonplussed. It's like, oh, it's a dwarf. Um, and you guys do reach the uh, outskirts of town there. And uh, you're looking at, uh, you know, it's just coming on to evening. So you're beginning to see lights appearing in the shop windows and uh, down by the dockside. There's uh, a, uh, you know, a couple of lights coming on here and there as, as they illuminate people working at the various things. And what are you going to do? Send in Moon to see if our people are there. Yeah. 
Sounds wise. So, okay, so you go uh, wandering into Town Moon. Yeah. And um, you find out that, uh, yes, indeed, uh, the the uh, dwarven uh, sand ship operator that uh, is familiar with the tabaxi is, in fact, in port. All right, I will seek them out. Okay. And um, he's not at his boat, uh, but, you know, there's uh, only about three or four taverns that are right close to the, the dockside itself. Well, and uh, after you know going into a couple of those, you uh, find the uh, the one with it, and uh, you find him sitting there, and he's drinking with about three other ship captains, and uh, having a, a pretty good meal. It looks like. Uh, what are you going to do? I'm going to walk up, and I will uh, sit myself at the table and order myself a beverage. Okay, what would you like? Dwarven ale. Very good. And uh, they have uh, quite a bit of that in hand, obviously, Faramon's being just off to the east there. And uh, for uh, one silver, they can get you a, a full pint-sized tankard. All right. One silver uh, for a tankard for me and another uh, for a tankard for our captain friend. And, and he looks at you and says, hey, what can I do for you? Uh, we'll be needing passage. Ah, yeah. How many are there? Uh, four of us, five of us. This is uh, not a problem at all. Um, I uh, currently have uh, just finished my current run. Uh, where would you be needing to go? Okay, uh, out of character, what's the name of the place again? Ubram Concordia. Do we know it's a bad place to go? Uh, you guys know that, uh, yeah, it's uh, that's where the uh, barons meet, and so it's, it is considered death to go there. I say, we need to go to Ubram Concordia. Of course. Now, do, do you say this in front of all the people at the table? No. Okay. So what, what are I'm you going to say? I'm bending now? over. So, yeah. in fact, I will just take out a piece of parchment and scribble this down and slide it over to him with a little note say, we can make it worth your while. And he, he just kind of takes a look at it and says, uh, well, perhaps we ought to meet later to talk about this. When and where? Uh, where are you staying? We just got into town. We haven't found uh, an inn just yet. Ah, well, I am staying here. So why don't you meet me in room six in an hour's time? I'll meet you there. And what is the name of this establishment? And uh, this is the uh, Green Wyvern. Okay. All right. So I take another long draught of my beverage nod uh, nod farewell and come to rendezvous with the group okay so moon reappears after a little bit i tell them well uh i need to meet the uh the captain here in an hour uh to discuss our accommodations he seems willing but we need to negotiate the price um, or maybe he isn't willing and he was just being cagey there in front of everybody. Um, so, okay. So what are you going to do? So we have an hour to kill. Yep. Well, that'll go by pretty quickly, you know, get some good fur grooming, all that stuff. You do, know. do you guys have cloaks or something so that we can go into the inn? I mean, can you reasonably disguise yourselves? I think the tails would give us away. Just tuck them under the belt. You do have one uh, member that's uh, proficient in stealth. 
So any disguise? It seems like a cloak. You can tie up a, a tail easily enough. I'll stay out here. Anyone want to come with? I think Gray should go with you. Okay. I don't know how I'll sneak through a inn to get to the stairs, but... Just pull your cloak over your head and keep your hands inside and right. tuck your tail. It's up to you. What kind of... Any Would that be... Or thinking ahead, would I be able to do that pretty well? Yeah, I mean you're you're sneaky sneaky, so uh, you're you're used to having to dodge in and out of places. Right, then yeah, I guess I'll go. Okay, so I say room six is where we meet. Okay. Okay, are you going together or are you going separate? Might as well go together. Yeah. If you come with me and just act like you belong there, I think you'll be okay. Yeah, okay. Sounds good. Very good. Okay, so um Gray, give me a stealth roll as you try to make your way through town and into the tavern and up the stairs. 25. That's a pretty good roll. Um, so uh, Gray just kind of glides along next to you, Moon. Uh, keeps his uh, cloak up around his ears and, and his face shadowed in the, in the dark. And uh, as you get into the tavern, he pretty much just uh, quickly turns the corner to the stairs and heads on up. And no one... Uh, no one is the wiser for his presence. Uh, it seems just like uh, a dwarf and a guy in a, in a you know, cloak. Right. And you find yourself in front of room number six. So I give a knock. And the door kind of just flies open. And the, and the, the, uh, the uh, boat captain's like, so you're the daft one. Are you just crazy or what? And he's, and, uh, he, I mean, he's not even asking you to come in. So I have a little purse of coin that I jingle. I just say, or what? He says, I don't care how much money you have. It's not worth my life to go there. And I say, I thought dwarves are made of Cerner stuff. Some of us are. But also wise. Well... Say, this will be unfortunate that I'll have to let word go around that you won't take our fare. They don't need to know where we were going, only that you declined us. I'm not sure you'll want to be advertising that where you're supposed to be going. Oh, I won't advertise where I'm going. I'll oh. just advertise that you wouldn't take us says, where we wanted to go. Says, and if you did that, then I would have to tell everybody where it is you wanted to go. And I would simply deny it. Why are we antagonizing, like, one of our few contacts? Because he came out and he said, no, you were sitting right here. He's attacking us verbally. We got to... We we're not there. not attacking us at all. Yeah. Well, he's bad cop. Are you going to be good cop there, Gray? I would hope to be. Does he know that I'm... He knows that we're the tabaxi, right? Or no, does he doesn't. He just, he just seen a dwarf. I say, perhaps my friend Mr. Gray can convince you. Uh, and he just kind of folds his arm and says... I'd rather think not. So, can I let him know how to show the fact I'm a tabaxi? What? Could drop your hood. Okay. Is it? It's really empty. Yeah, the hallway is empty at this point. Oh, Although you can, you can hear people downstairs, so um, you know, it's, someone could walk up the hall at any yeah, time. Yeah, just do the pull back the hood. And his eyes get real wide, and he says, "Well, why didn't you say so? Get, get in here." And he opens, uh, you know, steps aside. He was having too much fun being an idiot, and then I'll walk in. 
And he, he just kind of looks both ways down the hallway and closes the door and says, Why didn't you say so, you fools? Now, what is this that you have to go to Ubin Concordia for? We're looking for a very old book that could be quite powerful. Well, you crazy cat people are always looking for a book, but this must be something extra special. It is extra special. We're looking for the spell book of a very old wizard. Well, that's neither here nor there. But, you know, it's death to go there if you get caught. Well, we usually don't get caught. Yeah, that's it's usually part I'm worried about. And you don't have to go too close. You can't just kick us off the back a day's walk out and we can walk in if you need to. Well, but it's a death sentence to leave you out in the middle of the monterey too. But I'll get you as close as I can. So is there a way we can arrange a pick back up a couple days after? Whatever you want. Um, but you tell me, what, how soon can you go? Our group is waiting outside the city. We might need to gather some water beforehand, but after that we should be... I'm fully supplied. Uh. So you get yourselves to the boat right now. I'll go and start prepping her for, for travel. Mm. And we'll leave as soon as the breeze turns around. Hey, thank you. And he um, just kind of, uh, you know, once again, looks both ways up and down the hall, kind of ushers you out. Okay, and give me another stealth roll there, Gray. Another 25. Okay, yeah. So once again, you just kind of suavely slip out the door with the moon right behind you, clomping along. And uh, you... uh, head out to the edge of town and the rest of you see the uh the two of them approach climb down from the tree where i was hiding we have our boat excellent we just need to get to it what's the fee he never discussed a fee well you guys have kind of a standing fee with him but uh you would standing you you would expect that it's going to be um for something like this, it would be um, a couple of gold per person to get out there. Okay. Well, let's be careful. Go slowly. And let's get to the boat. Yep. Sneak our way down the outskirts. Okay. And, um, you know, the uh, as you guys have been watching, it's been pretty pretty busy there, um, there on the docks. But uh, as you uh, have been waiting for them to come back, the... The traffic has gone down a little bit over time as, you know, people have wrapped up whatever they had to do down in the docks are now retiring to the taverns and to the inns. And uh, you just see a couple of folks, uh, stragglers, um, wandering around. Um, and uh, so I will need another stealth roll from everybody to uh, see how you get uh, going down to the docks. 28. 13. 10. 10. 17. 21. Okay, so uh, once again, uh, the only one that attracts any sort of notice is, is Moon, and that just doesn't uh, ring any alarm bells. He's just another dwarf heading down to the docks. And you guys find yourself up right next to the uh, sand ship that you guys had uh, helped out with uh, earlier. You're like that really fat cat that thinks it's super skinny, but you're technically you're waddling when you walk and knocking stuff over. Mm. <laughs> Hey, I'm still trying to get used to things. Yeah, I'm just saying. So are we 
able to get on right now or is it a yeah yeah, yeah. and uh you know he uh he ushers you on board with a lot of shh and huddy huddy and uh he's uh, apparently prepped the whole ship ready to go and uh and he uh hands he pulls holds up a couple of sand shoes he says okay put these on already put them on yeah what are these oh i know what these are never mind yes you've seen them before Disregard. And he he says, and he throws a couple of ropes off the the bow of the ship. Says, "Quickly, let's pull the the nose out into the mare." Okay, okay. pull, pull, pull. Yeah. slide down. And you guys get the nose of the ship out there. And uh, um, no sooner are you back on board than he starts uh, raising the sails, and you could just hear the you know hissing of sand under the ship that gets faster and faster as the winds begin to propel you out into the mare and uh, he you know sets the tiller and uh, gets the compass point he's looking for and you guys start taking off to the uh, south southeast there and he says okay we should be there by about midday tomorrow so um, I'll take first at the tiller but I'll need one of ye to come and Spell me for a couple hours of the night so we can sleep. I can do that. Okay. Er, How long is that going to be? He says, "Uh, just give me about four hours to shut me eyes. Okay. I got that. Okay. And what are the rest of you going to do? Relax. Okay. Knock off, get some sleep. Mm -hmm. Sleep, yeah. And uh, it is almost kind of like the rocking of a cradle. So it, it, and you know, just the constant hiss, hiss of the uh, sand under the uh, keel of the ship there, although they're mostly flat-bottomed. They not, really don't have a keel. And um, then just the gentle slap of the, of the canvas in the, in the wind, and uh, you get taking off there. So everyone knocks off to get to sleep. And uh, Black, are you just going to stay up, or are you going to get some shut-eye yourself and then wait uh, for him to come get you? Or? Uh, well, if it's like super late, I'll go ahead and take a cat nap as it were mm-hmm. until he comes gets me okay so uh somewhere in the wee hours of uh, the dark there um he uh comes and shakes you awake and he says okay your turn and uh he just says just hold it tiller and he he points the uh the uh number on the compass make sure it stays right here on this number okay and uh he goes and kind of curls up uh not too far away actually uh, just kind of pulls a blanket over him, and uh, pretty soon he's snoring away. And uh, you're sitting there all by yourself. Uh, the rest of the uh, crew is asleep. Just you, the sound of the the wind in the in the rigging, and uh, overhead, you know, out here in the middle of the mare, uh, just absolutely glorious stars, and a very pronounced comet. Mm-hmm. And obviously, you guys in the treehouse, you don't get out to see the uh, the sky all that much. So it's been a while since you've seen it, and it's gotten much bigger. It's definitely noticeable in the sky now. Hmm. Keep an eye on it. Just keep an eye on my direction. Keep steering. Sounds good. And uh, luckily, the the winds are favorable. They're not uh, tossing you around too much, so it's pretty easy. You just basically have to stay awake and and, uh, make little adjustments to keep it on there. Easier said. And uh, then about four hours later... um, you, uh, you kind, you kind of feeling like your watch is over. What are you gonna do? Just keep steering. Okay, it's fine. Are you gonna let the dwarf sleep a little longer? Or what are you yeah, gonna do? 
Just gonna let them sleep a little longer. Okay. And uh, then uh, you start to notice the eastern horizon start to lighten up after quite a bit of time hissing through the uh, the mare. Just keep on sailing toward the direction. Okay. And the uh, the light does wake up the uh, the dwarf though, and uh, you can see him crack his eyes open and says, "Ah, I didn't mean to sleep this long." Oh, well, thanks for the extra shut eye there. You're welcome. And um, he says, oh, I can take over here now. I got it. Uh, yeah, you, you get some more sleep. You're going to have a big day tomorrow, probably. Okay. Hey. If you say so. Yep. Give him back the till and just go find my comfy spot. And okay. Drop out. Okay. And you barely feel like you are asleep at all. And all of a sudden, you're awakened by a loud ringing of a bell. And and you hear uh, the the captain saying, "Okay, everyone, uh, on your tails. This is gonna be a little uncomfortable." And you look up, and right in front of you is just a wall of dust flying in the air. And mm. he says, "Oh, you hit another one of them sandstorms." And uh, he says, "I'm afraid you're gonna be have some dirty fur after this one." And is he there says, a below deck on the ship? Uh, there's a little cabin in front. Yeah. Where, um, you can go get out of the, out of the weather. That's where I'll head toward. Okay. Anybody else going to do anything? I'll stay on deck. Okay. I'll go into the cabin as well. Okay. Who's going to the cabin? Who's going on deck? Cabin. I'll just, I know. I want to see how it starts. Mm -hmm. Depends if I'll go inside or not. Is, how's the dwarf going to? deal is he just gonna sit there well, squint through it or? you you see him um back there on on the tiller and he is pulling out from a, a box next to him he's got a pair of uh goggles glass lenses with uh, you know a bunch of leather straps and is tying uh, basically a uh, bandana kerchief around his face and uh and he says i'd get below if i are you i'll follow his instructions okay so i say do you have another set this is not one that'll fit your face, unfortunately. Well, I'm a dwarf. Yeah. You got a big wow. nose. <laughs> so, hey, All right. There's just no respect when you're under the mountain. No, yeah. no. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll get under two if there's... I'm not going to yeah. sit there and get my eyes sanded out. Sounds good. Okay. And um, obviously, it's it's just got an open uh, thing to the deck there. And... Uh, so it's not like you can shut the door and keep all the dust out, but uh, the worst of it's out there. And, and you can just see him back there holding onto the tiller. And first, it's just a little, uh, you know, dust in the air. It gets a little hazy. And then the next thing you know, it just, like, twilight. It just gets absolutely murky. And uh, you hear him say, this is a bad one. And uh, you can just see him kind of just constantly checking on on the, uh, the heading and uh, you know, making some adjustments to the tiller, and a couple of times it's so thick you actually kind of lose sight of him, and uh, you know, dust filters down on you guys, and you know, even even down in the cabin, uh, everything gets kind of a fine layer of dust all over it, including you guys. Um, how's this do messing with the wind? Because I know last night you said it was pretty decent, but now is this uh, this actually apparently is the wind doing this? Yeah. It did, you know, just picked up a. a goodly patch of the dust and threw it right up in the air right in front of you so but is it slowing our travel too much or is it doesn't seem to be changing it at all although it's kind of tough to tell because i mean even looking out the portholes it's just 
you know, a beige landscape of nothingness at this point in time. You can barely see anything, and not there's much in the way of landmarks in the Mare. Mm-hmm. That sounds like Alistair. What? A, ba- a beige oh. landscape of nothingness. Thanks. You're welcome. Anyways, um, so you guys uh, weather that one, and uh, a couple hours later, you notice it lightening up a bit, and uh, within about half an hour, um, it seems to be gone, and uh, the, the dwarf pulls the, the bandana off his face and, and puts the, the goggles up on his forehead, and, and it's, it's kind of funny because he's got the raccoon mm-hmm. eyes, the reverse raccoon. I mean, everything where, except where the goggles were is you know, a darker shade of, of, uh, dust bay, you know, tan color and his eyes are like bright, you know, pink color. So, um, it's, Oh, that one wasn't too bad after all. Uh, and, uh, it was great. Yeah. And, uh, then all of a sudden you just see his eyes grow really wide and he just pulls the, uh, tiller hard over and everybody roll for me a acrobatics check. 12 14 mm. 18 22 ah, 3 <laughs> Wow So um you guys all brace yourselves uh black you um kind of stumble a couple of steps uh but red you just go clunk down on the floor uh totally unexpecting this um it almost hit your head and uh and so they are obviously you guys have just um cut a really sharp corner for some reason what was that all about yeah look out the cabin get on deck and uh the dwarf just points off of the uh, starboard side and just says guys look at that and right there maybe a couple hundred yards away is clearly the building of ubrum concordia and there are just figures surrounding it and some of them are small and some of them are much too big to be humans and they're all kind of shuffling around in this disjointed fashion except some of them seem to be stalking he says those can't be alive and he says quick laddie fetch me my spyglass and he points at the box that's useful. I'll go grab it. And he hands you Tiller and says, "Here, hold it, steady." And he takes a look around. And he says, "He says those are the Walking Dead, and there are probably several hundred that you can just kind of see oh my God. all over the place." Several hundred. We need a massive explosion or something. Mm. Oh, we need someone to run and draw the horde off. Through the desert? We're not running through this. We could probably send shoot faster than they can shuffle. Maybe. I wouldn't account that. I mean, they they don't have shoes. They're going to sink into the sand and crawl after us. That's true. Is there any way you could sail close enough to get them to chase you? This is... What am I, stupid? Yes. Afraid not. What? Oh. It's not in solitary. Hosts? Driver. Can uh, you clerical terrorize our way through this? They seem rather dispersed for me to be able to do that en masse. If they were all on a group, 
within, let's say, 30 feet of me, then I would affect all of them that I could see within 30 feet. And they're spread over a couple hundred yards here. Um, and right now, the, the captain's kind of paralleling along beside uh, the uh, building, you know, obviously. And like I said, it's, you know, hundreds of yards away. But uh, it's, uh, it's pretty fearsome to, to see there. And actually, as you guys are going along, you notice that there is another sand ship that is broken in half, essentially. I mean, it's, they basically nose down into the, the, uh, the Mari itself. So, um, I mean, just taking a quick look, you figure there must have been someone who got too close. And the undead horde just smashed the front of the ship and now it's just sitting there collecting dust and slowly and slowly you know sinking into the mare itself anyone got any ideas i've got nothing how would we group them together we could sneak past them can we sneak past them do you think are they i haven't been very good at sneaking are they just surrounding the main building or are they they seem to be surrounding the main building there, yeah. Are there other Which, which obviously, that's the one with the oracle in it. So, it, apparently, they, uh, they, yeah, from just taking a look, it seems like they're patrolling around. And maybe patrolling is not a, a good word. I mean, for the mindless undead, they're just kind of stationed rambling. there and, and, you know, ambling around the... Uh, but they're too thick the, to, like, just make a dead run for it or sell through and sell out type deal. Uh, give me a perception or investigation check. Perception it is because that's the only thing I really got. Not an investigative person. Non natural 20. Okay, yeah, you take a look and yeah, you can't figure a way that you could get through that mess uh, safely. Um, just as you're skating by it, you're taking a look and you know, any any route you would take in there would, would eventually just get you'd run into too many of them. Do we have anything that goes boom? Do you have anything that goes boom, Captain? It says, I'm a, I'm a passenger ferry, not a... It's just a yes or no. No. We had, may have to fight our way through. Um, do you know if mindless zombies are affected by psychic damage? Do we know if mindless zombies are affected by psychic damage? Well, why don't you roll for me a religion check? Um, and I also rolled because as a cleric, I might know 14 and I rolled a nat 20 for a total of 25. Yeah. From everything you understand about zombies, uh, the only thing that they, you have definitely heard that they are not affected by is poison, which makes sense since there's no bloodstream for them to, uh, get poisoned, to get poisoned with. So psychic damage seems like it would work. I have something. I think yes, I have something. Do tell. Um, I can create a essentially a mind storm within a twenty foot radius, like a twenty foot radius sphere. What would that do? Uh, hurt them a lot and give them disadvantage to try and attack us. So, so you could do that if we try to assault through. Because we have, yeah. at this point, we're looking like we're having to fight through, hold them off, find the book, and fight back out. Yes. I don't know if that's really a 
Um, possible option. Will no, this is what he's this or, is what that and I and oh, I have one. I can cast uh, sacred flame at sixty feet. We can just if we can circle them, I can just snipe them. Might take some time, but eventually we can well, trip them are, down. Appears to be a hundred or more here, so it's a cantrip. It would, it would give me a hundred rounds. That would take days and days of sniping to get there. Um, and actually, um, Red, roll for me a wisdom check or a perception check, whatever's better for you. Wisdom or what? Perception, whatever's better for you. Uh, that's a six. Okay, yeah, you think, you think that plan would work out? Yeah, because, like, if we just, like, do it near the entrance and then we drop there... And we can just get inside. But that's the problem. We can't get to the entrance. Yeah, I mean, you guys would have to stop a hundred or more yards away and have to fight your way through all of the uh, encroaching undead to get to the to uh, the actual oracle's chamber itself. Do we need to go to the oracle's chamber? Are there other buildings around? Well, that's a good question. Why don't you give me a perception check? Seventeen. Um. Yeah. So you look around. And, um, yeah, there are some spires and stuff that maybe the tops of buildings that are sticking up, um, off, you know, in other parts of the city. Um, some of them reasonably close, maybe only, you know, 500 yards away. So we are really fixated on the one big building, but. Mm -hmm. And you guys have never been there, so you don't know what's in it. Oracle chamber. Perhaps there's other. Do oracles need libraries? We could try one of the other ones because I remember in the other one. In the other city. That's true. If the sand didn't get through everything, maybe we can find an underground tunnel that links them. Or a, mm-hmm. a former hallway or something. So, do you think it's a good idea to go and find... I'm going to like look and see which which one might be the tallest-ish and point at it. Yeah. Go down that one. Hey, Red, do you, with all your research, did you ever do any research into the city and see how like a, f- a floor plan at one point might have looked? You can give me a history check, Red, and see what you've read up on. Yeah, I will do that. Ooh. Um, that's a 24. Okay. Um, okay, yeah. Uh, 24. Um, yeah, you uh, remember seeing kind of the layout and the Oracle's Chamber, you remember reading, was actually in the tallest tower in town. Uh, which now obviously is the ground floor of the only part of it that's sticking up out of there. But there were numerous other accessory buildings that connected to that main building that also were nearly as tall, you know, as frequently happens in in the downtown areas of of cities where Mm -hmm. they all start gathering together. And um, yeah, you could, uh, you could probably wend your way from one to another if there's any sort of passage underneath. Yeah. Then, uh, we can definitely find something. Which one of these spires that sticks out of the sand do you think is our best bet? Certainly one of the closest ones because, you know, you want one of the, the nearby towers. That's the one's like 500 yeah. yards away. Mm-hmm. So, so that one over there? Point out to the captain. Can you see us over there? He says, okay. Um, it seems safe enough. And uh, he starts guiding you over towards... Um, that particular tower mm-hmm. and 
you uh, start sliding up there. And um, as you start approaching, you notice that there's about half a dozen figures around there. Uh, they're small and, and, you know, humanoid sized, humanoid shaped, uh, but only five of them. So it seems like um, a doable fight if you have to fight these guys. Can we... And what how close together are they? Um, they're just kind of dispersed around it. Um, and it, it doesn't even seem like they're guarding this particular spire. It's just like, they, you know, they had wandered off and they just and happened ended up to be there. here. Yeah. Okay, let's try, let's try this one. Okay. okay, so what is your plan of attack? Okay, so do we want to get off the boat and travel over to them? Maybe let them see us and move towards us? Okay, um, as you're approaching, they don't seem to, you know, recognize that you're coming at all. They're just kind of stand, you know, standing and staring at you, um, but they're not making any aggressive moves. These guys are really lifeless. Well, they have been milling around. It could be that they've just been instructed to guard or protect that area and not wander. Maybe we could sneak past them? They seem to be gathered around the, the spire, so... Well, I think they don't. They're probably not going to go out into the desert. But if we probably not, let's just we go. step near them. I think we get a different reception. Let's yeah, go introduce ourselves. Slow down. Get. Can you fight in sand shoes, or is that a awkward? Experience? Yeah, if you remember, um, yeah. it will give you disadvantage on anything related to um, acrobatics or dexterity. So, but aside of that, um, yes, you can totally do it. They're clumsy what do you mean enough. by anything related to dexterity? Like so any dexterity-based uh, attacks? Like, tr no, well, not not your bow, but trying to imagine doing like a high-flying kick or something. Yeah. You're not going to pull that off yeah. very easily. So right. do we just want to slow down, get the shoes on? I figured our shoes were already on. <laughs> well, probably not on the boat. Yeah. Cause so you're just going to do a frontal assault? Yeah. Okay. Good. Uh, so a... Um, Good. That's what, worrying. What, what's your range? Wait, wait, wait. How, what's your range with your longbow? Maybe we can just snipe a few of them before we even. That's get a close. good idea. I mean, I think what, what type of bow do you have? Longbow. I think it's one feet. Yeah. As, yeah. Well, it's, I think it's like eighty without disadvantage. Let's see. Short bow is eighty. Longbow is one fifty. And then how, what's its max range? Uh, six hundred. I mean, with that's disadvantage. with disadvantage. She's a super archer. We could just just snipe from max range. Okay. How many arrows do you have? Twenty. Oh, I think you can probably get a few of them down. And there are only five. And are these all skeleton? Do they have flesh on them? They are gray-skinned humanoids with long um, talons, taloned fingers. In fact, actually, everyone roll for me a religion check, huh? and see if you recognize these. Twenty-one. No, uh, natural twenty. Natural uh, 20. <laughs> okay, never mind. Yes. 12. Uh, you guys are 100% sure that these are ghouls. Okay, so um, so uh, Jade, why don't you uh, give me a uh, attack roll? And so we've got um, Kilt. And we've got Tan, Gray, Hair, and Black. And how far is the boat? You guys, well, uh, how close do you want to get before you make your attack? Six. Go to like fifty, or about fifty feet away. A hundred. A hundred. A hundred. Yeah, a hundred feet away. Because okay. we can always move out. 
Yeah. So you're about 100 feet away, and um, the captain has reef, uh, reefed the sail so that uh, it's just barely crawling along. And go ahead and make your attack. Uh, 24. Okay, yeah, that hits. Um, so which one are you going for gray in front here? I'll go for black. All the way in the back? Yeah. Aren't we on oh, wait, so you're coming... From, uh, I kind of envision you guys coming from this side, but... From uh, sure, yeah, you can come from that side, too. Uh, so, yeah, go for black. Yeah. And you hit and roll damage. Um, uh, six. Okay, so you plunk it with the arrow, and they all immediately run can around I, the back side of the spire. Can I do, do a another? second attack? Yeah. Yep, mm-hmm. while they're running away. Yeah. Uh, Non-natural 20. Hits as he's running away. And then can I do my Colossus Slayer so I can add an extra D8? Mm -hmm. um, Fourteen? Okay, ow. Plunk them pretty good. And they all disappear around the back of the spire there. Can we? Are there other spires around too close to interfere with? Nope, us? nope. This is just kind of sticking up uh, by itself. Can we just like move the boat and get another shot at one of them? Well, as you are moving around, you notice that they are kind of uh, keeping to cover. This isn't there. very mindless undead. Well, these are yeah. ghouls. They're, yeah, they're smarter. Not, they're not zombies. They're ghouls. Yeah. I mean, do we want um, to get off? So, how close are we to them? Hundred yards. About hundred feet or feet. Yeah, hundred yards. Hundred feet. Excessive. Can we get to sixty feet? Kind of sure. Great. That's kind of close. Do we want to just get off the boat and. Well, let's soften them up while we can. Like, that's not too long. Are you going to do your psychic storm? Uh huh. Cool. So, this is like a psychic fireball. Okay. Um, now, remember, they are on the back side of the, the uh, spire from you, so you can't actually uh, see them. You you know they're there because every once in a while you so, see part of them stick out, but but uh, they they you know they they uh, are uh, behind cover at this point in time. Does that make a difference to you? If it's an area, no. I guess <laughs> okay. it's just psychic, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah Does so that even destroy how the wide tower? Is the spire? No. How wide is the spire? It's about uh, um, twenty feet at this point. Or excuse me, fifteen feet at this point. It seems like it was like a cupola or something that's on the top of a. Uh, Oh, oh, I know what I can do. Um, I'm going to... Uh, my target point is the uh, far corner of the spire that they're hiding behind. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like there. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to enter my psychic disruption discipline. Okay. And uh, I'm going to expend five psychic points. And every creature in a 20-foot radius sphere centered on that point must make a wisdom saving throw. Okay. Okay. Um, and what happens if they don't? And what happens if they do? If they don't, if they fail, then they take 68 psychic damage. Okay. And suffer disadvantage nice. on all saving throws until the end of my next turn. Okay. On a successful save, they take half damage. Okay. So roll your damage. Uh, four. Well, I still have to find all my dice. There we go. Fifteen plus sixteen. Hey, gray. 
well, 22, thirty-two points of damage. Ouch. Mm. Or it's half of thirty-two. Okay, good. So you guys circle around to the far side here. The uh, like I said, the uh, the ship captain's keeping things going just uh, just at a crawl. And sitting there is the body of Black next to a archway in the cupola in the spire. And you can see footprints going into the archway. Okay. So you seem to have gotten them, uh, gotten Black at least, as maybe he was the last one to uh, head in the door and got blasted as he was going in. Oh, the DC was 13, by the way. Yep. So do, you want, do we want to get off and try to go in? Probably the best chance we have right now yeah. is what we got here. Okay. Yeah. Or would you like me to blast it one more time? No, never mind. Nah, we're good. Okay. Save your brain. And actually, why don't you line a bump over here? And actually, leave the boat there for now. Did we pull that close? Um, it's probably going to be a little farther away. but um, And as you guys are, are clunking down, into the uh, uh, sand there, you hear a voice hissing down from inside that cupola. And it says, Get them, my servants. And you hear the sound of feet pounding up a set of stairs. And all of a sudden, the remaining ghouls appear and so does a skeleton of an enormous serpent and that's where we're gonna stop today Okay, well, I gotta say, really proud of the crew on figuring this one out. Obviously, the correct answer was to look for something that was in a different location, and kudos for Bryce for coming up with that idea. This one's always a toughie for the Dungeon Master, where you put a puzzle in front of the players, but you can't tell them the answer or even give them any clues beyond what they can see. And you just gotta sit there and hope that they pick up on the outside possibility of what's going on, which they did. And uh, then the other thing we want to talk about is uh, the travel. Now, in the past, we've gone back and forth between the Tabaxi Treehouse and Kalesque about three times. So at this point in time, I figured it was done enough that we didn't need to do it again. So instead of role-playing out the entire path back and forth again, we just had them roll for the stealth and talk about what happened there and then send them on their merry way. So, let's see what's going to happen now. The party seems to have located a spot that they can get into the subterranean area, maybe. But there's still a bunch of undead, including this giant snake, between them and their prize. So can they do it? We'll have to wait for the next episode to find out.
Until then, let us know what you think. Rate us wherever you get your podcasts. Email us at relicofthepastpodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at Relic of the Past on Twitter and Relic of the Past Podcast on Facebook. Articles and artwork are available at poolmedia.podbean.com. And thank you for playing in the world that lives inside my head.